0: We do think there's a role for government to play in this. If we're talking about an economy-wide transition to a four-day working week, which we do think is possible by the end of this decade, then we need to have government involved in that. Who, you know, government coordinating this across the different sectors. You know, we need industry leaders, business leaders, trade union leaders working with the government to make this a reality. Because it's, there's lots of different ways of implementing it. It's going to look quite different in, in different sectors. But without any overall coordination, it's all going to get quite messy.
1: Hello and welcome to the Future of Work Hubs In Conversation with podcast. I'm Lucy Lewis, a partner in Lewis Silkin's employment team. And in this podcast series, I'll be hosting exclusive discussions with innovators, business leaders and thought leaders to explore their perspectives on the longer term trends and immediate drivers shaping the world of work. And debate about the concept of a shorter working week has been building over recent years. Lots of countries and organisations have been looking at different models and different ways of working but the pandemic really shifted the dial it forced employers to be more flexible and and as we all know lots of employees have said they'd prefer it to stay that way and employers at the moment in what is a tight labor market are facing challenges with attracting and retaining staff and looking at some of these well-established norms in terms of how we work are one of the things that have been looked at to create a competitive advantage and so today we're going to be looking at the results of the UK's four-day-a-week trial. The trial ended in December. Um, the results have been hailed as a breakthrough moment for the move towards a four-day week. And we'll be exploring what that means for employers, but also what it means for the future of work more generally. And my guest today is perfectly placed to discuss all of that with me. Joe Ryle is the director of 4 day week campaign. That's the UK's national campaign for a four-day, 32-hour working week With no loss of pay he's also the media and comms lead for the think tank autonomy and they published an important report on the uk trial and joe i'm hoping that's something we can come on to talk about but welcome
0: hi thank you thanks for having me on
1: now we both know the last few years have been really turbulent we've you know we've lived through the pandemic we're experiencing the war in ukraine we're currently living through cost of living crisis and seeing unprecedented levels of industrial action and all of those things are meaning that the work landscape is shifting pretty rapidly and employers are having to to pivot to adapt to shifting employee expectations. And one of the things that we're seeing a shift around is the role that work plays in our broader lives. There's a growing recognition of the importance of well-being, um, the importance of work-life balance. And in that context, it would be Great, to start by you telling us a little bit about the background to the campaign for a four-day working week. How has the campaign got to where it is and, and what do you think is driving the momentum that's behind it at the minute?
0: So historically, we used to work a six-day working week. Um, it was only 100 years ago, you know, looking back at history, that it used to be a six-day working week. People used to work on Saturdays um, and through various campaigns and, and, and pioneering business leaders at the time, uh, and a movement really which was led by the trade unions Um they campaigned for a 40-hour week you know a, as we understand it today the kind of nine to five five-day working week with the weekend and so we think you know 100 years later the four, call for a four-day working week quite naturally comes as the next step in terms of reducing working time with the kind of you know basic premise being that you know that if there's productivity gains in the economy which we have seen over the last few decades then they should be passed on to workers through more leisure time now that hasn't happened in Last few decades, since the 1980s, working working hour reductions have stalled. So, you know, we we do think that call for a four day, 32 hour working week um, is long overdue. Just to be clear on it, that you know that is what we call for: four days, 32 hours, no loss of pay. This isn't about compressing the same amount of hours into four days rather than five. Although some companies have experimented with that, you know, we're very clear that this has to be about reducing hours for workers. If we're going to be seen to be serious. You know, to tackle some of those issues around burnout, stress, overwork, etc.
1: Yeah, really interesting. And that's a good way to get on to the trial that we've seen. And as I said at the, at the beginning, the trial ended in December. Um, the results were published in, in a report by um, Autonomy. And I know that there were academics involved in that from the University of Cambridge and Boston College in the US. And so it would be really great if you could talk to the audience a bit about the trial, what was involved in the trial and then the key findings that came out of that trial.
0: Yeah, so we ran the world's biggest ever trial of a four-day working week. It took place in the UK last year. Um, there was about 61 companies, nearly 3,000 workers signed up. And companies from across a real wide range of you know sectors of the economy. Now, this was kind of financial sector, retail, manufacturing, hospitality, construction, all sorts of different um, sectors of the economy. We had a fish and chip shop take part, a brewery. Um, and with the kind of underlying principle that you know companies are reducing their hours by 80% while maintaining pay and also trying to ensure productivity and business performance was maintained and for the vast majority of companies almost 95% um, they've managed they, they, it's been so successful that they've decided to continue with the four day week at the end of it so really pleasing results and Builds off the back of results we've seen from from elsewhere across the world, from the government trials in Iceland and company big big companies trying this in Australia and New Zealand, and you know really has shown again. You know, there's so much evidence out there now that shows a four day week with no loss of pay is a win win really for both workers and employers because the well being side, which is perhaps easier to understand, you know, workers having having better well being, they're better rested, um, better, greater life satisfaction, you know, happier in their life. Um, that's on the one side. But on the other side, what 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 effects that has on, on productivity and business performance? You know, we've seen for many of these companies taking part in the pilot, you know, that revenues have gone up based on before uh, when they were working a five-day week. We've seen job retention, made you know, improvements, you know, workers are uh, much happier to stay in their jobs. And all of these impacts are you know, having really, really positive results for companies. So it has been a win-win, really.
1: That's fantastic, Joe. And I'm going to come and ask you about some personal reflections. But before I do that, I think there's one thing that's useful to clarify, because there's a tendency, I think, still to think, well, a four-day week means the sort of classic, well, Friday off model. But the trial looked at lots of different models, didn't it? And I wonder if you could explain a little bit about that, to to move away from this sort of instinctive feeling that what we're really talking about is taking a day out of the week.
0: Well, for the vast majority of companies, they they did take a day out of the week. So they did in in most cases, it was you know, Friday off, just sort of shut operations on a Friday, uh, and everyone comes back on a Monday. That was the that was the most popular option. Um, but you know, lots of companies, in in recognition of the fact that they're moving to a four day week in a society which is still dominated by the five day week, they had different ways of doing it. So some some wanted to sort of maintain the five day coverage, particularly if it's in the sort of service delivery or service sector. And so what they would do is kind of rotate days off. So some staff would have Mondays off, some staff would have Wednesdays off, some staff would have Fridays off, for example. And others did it differently, you know, some more staggered hours. So some would, there was a few cases of of workers doing 32 hours or less but over five days, so working five much shorter working days. Um, I would say that was rare. And where we want to get to with this is, you know, essentially is that Friday becomes the weekend and we have you know a three-day weekend for everyone. But we recognise, you know, it's going to take quite a long time to get there it took a decade at least a decade to move from a six-day week to a five-day working week so there's 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 many flexible ways of doing it Um, and we you know we allow for for companies who participate in our programs to do it in in a way which suits them best you know with the underlying principle that that hours are reduced while maintaining pay.
1: Thank you and I said I was going to come and ask you about any sort of personal observations as you as you said the, the results are really striking in terms of the success and the number of businesses that wanted to continue with it. I, I wondered if you had any sort of particularly personal reflections or any points that stood out to you personally when you looked at the results.
0: Um, I mean, I wasn't first. I wasn't. Surp- I wasn't surprised by them, or we were pleased by them. I wasn't surprised because you know there is there is so much evidence out there now which says the same. You know, it says mm-hmm. basically the same thing. It's produced similar results. And um, mm-hmm. one of the kind of more interesting lessons, I guess, for for us was that. um, companies that did a kind of used a kind of bottom-up approach so very much empowering staff to to be very involved in the delivery of it those companies tend to, to the kind of smoothness of the transition and the kind of overall impact tended to work a lot better than the kind of top down implementation where kind of very manager their kind of you know staff sort of being directed and told what to do and we had one company where it was a sort of conditional four-day week so it's, they only kind of got to keep it if if they were meet seem to be meeting their targets at the end of the month and that that carrot and stick approach didn't seem to work very well and it was a kind of bottom up trusting your staff you know because ultimately staff know their jobs better than anyone else and so trusting them in the process to look at you know concerns and hopes and fears that come up beforehand those companies that did best i would also say as well that it was it tended to be companies were much newer companies that had not been around for so long were much quicker and more dynamic kind of working through any of the hurdles whereas the some of the companies were a bit older, but maybe in around 20 or 30 years or longer. They were had more rigid ways of working and more set patterns, which perhaps didn't allow for for change in the, in, in the same way that, that those kind of smaller and younger companies embraced it.
1: That's really interesting. And actually, before we finish, I, I was hoping that you'd be able to share some practical tips for businesses that are inspired by this. And, and we've started to go there, which is great. Before we come back to that, and as I've got you, I think there's value in just you know exploring briefly some of the some of the challenges um, or perceived challenges that when you hear people talking informally about a four-day week you know the sorts of things that you hear said um, we've covered the one-size-fits-all approach which is great but the other thing that you hear said is a concern that well, actually really what's going to happen inevitably is essentially people are going to be doing five days worth of work over four days and that has an impact on health and well-being potentially but also potentially has an impact on culture because what you what you lose in that day is all of the other stuff that is important to the culture of the workplace so you know do you have to give up team meetings do you give up the time that people sometimes take to support and supervise new or junior members of staff do you lose those unscripted sort of water moments, the things that build cultural capital, build creativity. And I'd really welcome your response to employers that are concerned that actually what's going to give is not the work, but the cultural bits.
0: Well, I mean, moving to a four day week is about looking at, you know, and the process of doing that is about looking at every single way that you work, all of your processes, um, and really trying to improve them. Um, and, you know, there's there's many areas in nearly every workplace, there's many bits of people's jobs, which actually tend not to contribute very much to the overall output or goal of an organisation. So it's really focusing on what are the strategic priorities, what are the strategic outputs of your organisation that you want to see at the end of the week, um, and really focusing in on that. Once you do that, you quite quickly start to see bits, areas of people's work, which actually perhaps don't really contribute that much to the overall goal. And it's it's about output-focused working rather than kind of hour you know, bums on seats, the amount of hours you're just sort of there for the, for the sake of it. And I think everyone can understand that because we've all had had times and we all still have times in our jobs where we're doing stuff that perhaps can, can sometimes feel a bit pointless. So that's the kind of first side of it. Secondly, you know, there, there's ways in which productivity can be improved, you know, cutting meeting times. The classic one is like, Organizations that have a meeting about a meeting about a meeting, you know, does everyone need to be at those meetings, all three of those meetings? You know, you quite quickly start to see ways in which you can kind of save time. So it's not necessarily about, you know, working, producing uh, exactly the same amount of work in four days rather than five. But I would say, you know, because staff are better rested and they've had that time to themselves, they've got a better work life balance and they're also therefore more motivated in their job, that means that you just do deal with stuff more effectively, more efficiently, so you can get through more work and be more productive in the time that you do. So it's about, you know, it's, it's a kind of whole-scale whole, whole scale systems change, looking at your entire organisation to make it work. Um, and, you know, it, it seems to be that the the vast majority of companies that took part have done it and it's very very rare that companies ever go back to a five-day week so i do accept that there probably will be some less time in the office together but that's already happening anyway with the move to remote working you know and and the, the move to hybrid remote working is very very popular with workers so i don't know how how much of that becomes becomes a problem you know most of the companies that we saw move to a four day week they did like to get people into the office at least at least two days a week still and so there was that there is that time to still kind of come together and see see people face to face yeah you know, overall massive benefits and you know, life satisfaction going up for the workers and I think it was you know nine out of ten workers saying they could never ever imagine going back to a five day week and they wouldn't you know they wouldn't want to do it so win-win really
1: I one of the interesting things for me, I think 15% of employees said that no amount of money was going to induce them to go back to a five-day week, which, you know, speaks volumes, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, I think that that does tell that people really feel the benefits of it quite quickly uh, and, and just, you know, can't even imagine going back because, you know, if you're getting... If you're managing, if the, if the company is managing to be as successful it was as it was before, if not more successful, because you know staff are much more bought into the to the organisation, they're enjoying their work more, then why on earth would you go back to? Why on earth would you add an extra day on the week for working? There's just just no need.
1: Yeah, the other thing that I found interesting from a from a cultural perspective was the, the responses around caring. I, and I think more than 50%, I think about 60%, I'm sure you'll correct me if I'm wrong, employees found that they had more ability, it was easier for them to combine paid working with caring responsibilities. And obviously, we're seeing a lot in that. Um, at the press at the moment, we're talking about, you know, childcare costs, but elder care costs and challenges as well. And I wonder if you've got any sort of any more comment on that. It seems striking to me that actually perhaps it helped some of the diversity and inclusion challenges because it specifically addressed the time issue with caring responsibilities.
0: Exactly. I mean, you know, the four day week is, is, is and can be part of a much wider cultural change around, you know, improving the, the balance in life, you know, because there's at the moment there's, there's many, and it, it tends to, the, the burden tends to fall particularly harder on women um, who have more kind of childcare, caring responsibilities. Um, and actually, as we've seen on this trial, you know, by moving to a four-day working week, no loss of pay, staff staff, and employees were, were much more able to manage those responsibilities they have in their life, or it's care, social, you know, also, it wasn't just caring, responsibilities; it's also like social, you know, socialising, just managing all the different aspects of your life and just having more time to do that. So we do think that the four-day working week, you know, is rolled out at scale. It's going to have massive benefits for, for the kind of care sector, for for the care that, that people are getting, both childcare, you know, elderly care, um, and will also be spread out much more evenly between men and women, and men will, will take up will be able to take up a much fairer share, um, which you know, we think needs to happen anyway, and is is part of a bigger conversation going on at the moment.
1: The other the other um, challenge we see, and this is really focused around the trial, is that it was only six months, and there was a degree of novelty in that necessarily. So, is it is it possible that employees can really sustain that that level of increased productivity? through a four-day week over the longer term or would it inevitably mean that as it becomes normal and you take out the novelty factor people just end up being stressed and burnt out and we haven't really made any meaningful change?
0: Well, We've got many companies who joined our accreditation scheme we also run an accreditation scheme which recognises permanent four-day week employees and many of those have you know done it for years and years some up to five years ten years so I do think you know, overall, it's a much better way of working and a much better way of living. We have to remember that this kind of model that we've got where we kind of work, work, you know, and particularly in the UK, you know, we work some of the longest hours in Europe um, while also having one of the least productive economies. So all these long working hours we put in don't really produce very good results, um, but produces a lot of burnout, a lot of stress, a lot of overwork, a lot of unhappiness. And, you know, not only is that is that no way to live, it's also no way to run an economy. And, you know, it really is... Does feel like it's time to change, time for change on this issue.
1: Yeah, I can I can see that, and a lot of what you say is really inspirational. And there'll be people that have um, chosen to listen to this specifically because they are considering a four day week. And I know, I mean, I know from the trial that some of the companies reported in their first few weeks it was a bit chaotic. You know, there were a few teething problems, or so just things they had to overcome. Work allocation, for example. Is there any practical advice that you can share as a result of the trial? That you could give to companies listening that are sort of inspired to give it a go, how they go about starting and what they should be doing.
0: Yeah, sure, I can. I've actually just recorded a video on this, so I can talk through this. Um, I mean, yeah, and I should say, you know, those reports. There was one, I think, story in the Telegraph about um, which, which definitely overplayed the difficulties. companies were having at the beginning it was only a few of them but you know it is normal uh that, that you know you would expect for those first couple of months for there to be some kind of teething issues along the way you know like any kind of major change in the way that we work it's going to take a bit of time to get used to it as we saw of the rollout of remote working um but from from a top tips perspective number one I would say you know don't overthink it um I've, I've seen many companies that have really, really overthought it and overthought about every single possible eventuality and that you can get a bit lost sometimes. Um, you know, the, the, the kind of basic idea is quite simple, you know, trying to achieve roughly the same amount of work or trying to achieve roughly you know, the same amount of success for your organisation while giving staff one day less at work. and It's as simple as that, really. Having said that, you know, my second tip would be to, to prepare properly, um, you know, consult with staff and... Um, Listen to your staff around what their hopes are, what their fears are. You know, maybe they actually, you know, the, the most common concern is, is staff saying, "Well, I'm already struggling to get the work done in five days. How how am I going to get it done in four? Well, that's already a problem that you should look at. You know, why why is there a few particular staff members that are struggling to get their work done? Can that be rectified before moving to a four day week? Because that may make again may make the transition smoother. Um, thirdly, I would say you know, trial it first. We always recommend at least a trial of three months or six months before kind of making it permanent. And that gives you the time to, to assess, you know, whether it's been successful before or after. Um, and and the last one is, you know, is is think about ways in which productivity can can be improved before moving to a four-day week. So get your, you know, have those conversations with your team. Is, is, is there a ridiculous amount of meetings in in the diary? Is, are some staff working in projects that perhaps don't contribute to, you know, the main overall outputs of an organisation? And, have those conversations beforehand so that you can really, you know, make that transition smoother.
1: Thank you. That's really great and really, really good practical advice for people that are thinking about it. Before we get to the end, I, I sort of wanted to ask you what what's next for the four-day um week campaign? You know, what's on on the horizon? I'm assuming that you know there's a big part in driving societal and cultural change, you know, that's going to encourage adoption, particularly when people see it's a success. But do you think there's a role for legislation? Is there something that government should be getting involved in?
0: Absolutely. We do think there's a role for government to play in this. If we're talking about an economy-wide transition to a four-day working week, which we do think is possible by the end of this decade, then we need to have government involved in that. You know, government coordinating this across the different sectors. You know, We need industry leaders, Business leaders, trade union leaders, working with the government to make this a reality. Because it's as we've already had been saying in these conversations, so there's there's lots of different ways of implementing it. It's going to look quite different in, in different sectors, but without any overall coordination, it's all going to get quite messy. So we do think there's a role to play in that, and there are some key you no know, key bits of legislation the government could introduce now. And um, for example, kind of trial in the public sector. They could also give uh, workers the right to to demand a four-day, 32-hour working week for the flexible working legislation. Workers currently don't have that. Um, In the longer term, there could be laws around reducing the maximum working week to 32 hours to enable us to have that period. We'd suggest something like five years. To make the transition. Secondly, we've we've just launched a kind of national rollout program to kind of sign up the next wave of companies to move to a four day week. Uh, keen to have as many companies sign up as possible. The, one of the beauties of the four day week is you know it doesn't we don't need to sit around waiting for the government to make this happen. You know companies can get on with this and introduce this themselves. As we've already seen with many many hundreds of companies doing it. So we, yeah, we've launched that rollout program. And the last one, you know, really is the, is the trade union movement. You know, we really want to see the trade unions really driving this through. Through their kind of you know collective bargaining negotiations, we want we want to see yeah you know, we know we know that we can't rely on you know pioneering bosses handing this down to workers. We've got to see a bit a bit a bit of kind of demands in the other way. You know, we want to see workers demanding this too.
1: Thanks, Joe. It's been really fascinating to to talk today, and I'm going to finish by asking a question that I've asked everybody on our um, 2023 podcast series. What we've seen in the last few years is a real spotlight on the future of work. And there's a huge amount of opportunities and challenges that lie ahead. But what I'd really be interested in hearing from you is what you think is missing from the current conversation. What's not getting the attention that it deserves and why is that important?
0: I think on a personal level, for me, I want to see more attention on the kind of smartphone addiction and overuse and the way, you know, work drives that. You know, we, we without any kind of thought or legislation, you know, almost over almost overnight really or a period of a year or two you know we kind of everyone has a smartphone which has their emails on it means that there's the, the boundaries between work and the rest of our lives is very blurred and so I, I do think there should be more of a spotlight on that I don't think it's very healthy for people to be sort of checking work emails into the night um, and on tubes on the way home no, I, I do think something like the kind of right to disconnect law that we've seen Implemented in a few other countries across Europe. I know in Portugal it was implemented, think France too, um, where workers have, you know, they they have the right in law not to be able to, um, not to have to um, read any emails after work times. I think we do need to see something like that as the first step because I do think, yeah, that that kind of always on culture that we now have, which is I think largely driven by smartphones, is uh, is very
1: unhealthy. Yeah, thank you. Really fascinating, fascinating thought. And you're right; a lot of Europe are experimenting with rules to try to address that issue. Thanks, Joe, so much for joining us. It's been absolutely fascinating. It's really helped me, and I'm sure the audience understand some of the key issues surrounding four-day working week. If you'd like to find out more, you can visit fourdayweek.co.uk, and a lot of the information that um, Joe has shared today will be available there. Thank you, Joe. Great. Thank you.